0: to the sixth and final episode of The Art of Bridging. Whether you've been with us since episode one or you're just joining us now, we're glad that you've found your way here. This episode is going to be a bit different in shape from the other ones. It's going to be in three parts. We're going to start with a recap of the story of our bridging so far and after that we'll have a moment of honesty about some of the parts of the project that were more challenging and what we might be able to learn from those bits the lesser-seen underside of the bridges that we've been building, perhaps. In the third and final part, we're going to hear from lots of people who've been involved in Distant Voices or in the Vox Unbound community, telling us about their visions for bridges and what the land on the other side of the bridge might look like. Their reflections are, by turns, poetic, philosophical, quirky and subversive. And they give us a place to land. And along the way, of course, there'll be plenty of music. So let's kick off with a recap of the story so far. Episode one was called The Currents. And in it, we started to imagine returning after imprisonment as being a bit like crossing a river full of dangerous currents. We heard from Ian and Fergus about some of the many ways in which prison causes harm and disconnection and disintegration.
1: There's relationships that will break down because of prison. Getting separated for your kids. it takes a toll. Visiting people in prison takes a toll. You're going to have a quick half hour or forty minutes or whatever it might be. And it's then that separation, you're going your way, they're going back to a life that you're no part of. So I, I think it I think it destroys relationships more than strengthens them. If somebody's been in prison, even for a short time, it changes them. And then how are they going to get back out? A changed person, not always for the better, mentally, you almost definitely will be institutionalised. You know, you, you've got to learn to become a prisoner. How to beca- How do you unlearn how to become a prisoner? A thing that's that's never, ever spoken about when they're talking about
2: rehabilitation.
1: I've been kind of ending around criminal justice for 30 years, trying to make it a bit better in, in various ways, but I think one of the things that Distant Voices has taught me is that it, it needs to be much, much more fundamental than that. Like we have to really go back to first principles and start again. The house is built on the wrong foundations, and redecorating the rooms isn't gonna make anything better.
2: Autopilot doesn't choose. Autopilot's got it.
0: Episode two was called The Stepping Stones and in it we chatted with Martin, Phil and Louis about writing songs in prison. And we explored some of the complex ways that people in prison express protest and care, laying stepping stones of survival and connection for themselves and others around them.
3: Prison was home for them and thinking about sort of coming home after prison was actually something that was really painful because it seemed so impossible and, and so far off so basically they wanted to make a song about the prison being home and like they had this vision from the start of it being played on the prison radio um, with the idea of like everyone dancing in their cells and I thought this was really beautiful it seemed like this gesture of, of care and um, solidarity with with the other prisoners who they were unlikely to meet you know
2: welcome to Queen's Hotel Here's some rules To fit in well Follow these To the book Or watch out for That left hand hook Don't tell all your Secrets at the stop Cause it could be Used to rip you Apart If we are happy sound, you can
4: never tell, cause for us it's home, and for some it's hell, watch the penguins run, for the riot bell, cause we're living it all, in the Queen's Hotel, yeah, a lot of it's fairly, fairly familiar, plus obviously there's a lot of humour in it, you know, for us, there's a lot, we tended to try and make things as funny as we could, even though we're in a shitty place. We still try to be the best thing, so yeah, I think there's a, yeah, connect to it a lot. It yeah.
0: <laughs> Episode three was called The Foundations, with input from Sharon, Oliver, Colleen and Gus Bear, We talked about some work that we did as part of Distant Voices with local communities in the north of Scotland on themes of addiction and recovery. We heard stories of taking Distant Voices songs on the road and we reflected together on identity, inequality, fear, hope and stigma. We imagined connected and supportive communities being like solid foundations for bridges. So we wanted to link in with communities to try and talk about drug and alcohol harm, talk about recovery, that people do go on to recover um, and that we should all play a part in trying to change the language and trying to reduce stigma.
5: I talk a little bit during the song, you know, about the places that it took me to, you know, in the end with the bottle and, and whatever else and the mask that you would put on to hide from who you are. All I ever knew was I'll just press that button and just yeah. keep Destroying everything, you know. I know
2: you want to the button, but never the of from I, know you want to
5: I never ever thought that my life would become what it has, and all it was was a journey, wasn't it? You know, that that first step into that mental hospital. And then every step after that in the right direction led me to where I am today, you know. So, I mean I still think about it sometimes, you know. What if, you know, could I have go and have a little bit of this or a wee bit of that? Would it only be once? And I think, am I insane? Do you know what I mean? Look what I've got to lose now, you know? Whereas before, I don't I wouldn't have had what I have today. The trade off nowadays there isn't a trade-off because it would just it it would be like stepping in front of a, a moving car thinking you're not gonna get hurt, you know. The consequences are just it's not something that's in my life anymore. It's not
0: part of who I am, it's who I was. Episode four was about the columns of our bridge, and it featured poems from a collection written by the Vox Unbound community with Podrig Otuma, built from everyday encounters and observations that reflect some of the despair and complexity and hope of new beginnings after prison. Lisa, Alison and Podrig reflected on the potential of poetry and creative collaboration, not only to connect individuals but also to reach upwards and outwards towards where the power lies.
2: I suppose I kept on hearing these almost diabolical echoes about the strength of poetry in the stories that people told, as well as great moments of humour and great moments of connection and great moments of survival. That was the creative process for me, to have so many prompts and then to listen to where their room said, this is where the art is.
3: That's a moment I always love, is just seeing people go, I thought we were very different and actually there's something here that could could connect us.
6: I stared at the place where the sunlight hits the wall Hoping it would all go away I was 18 and brave, not 18 and crime
7: I'd bought him cufflinks as a thank you I got them in the shop last month He said, what's these? I said, they're for keeping your sleeves tidy He said, no wonder you can't button up your buttons Using poofy things like these We met inside We never thought we'd see each other here He said he'd never seen a man more petrified. A little bit of friendship can make a man, you know. He helped me with my buttons, said everything go okay today. I said, okay, let's go.
2: That's one of the things that I think is so important too about art in response to the criminal justice system. The criminal justice system has so many fixed imaginations about its impact. And art, I think, is always interested in the unexpected curiosities that can arise as a result of a person using their own innate creativity. It is the interruption of creativity and the unexpected nature of possibility that I think is one of um, art's most audacious actions in the face of systemic violence.
0: In episode five, we met Joe and Gordon, who took us on a behind-the-scenes journey into the complex process of making A Giant on the Bridge, a unique piece of gig theatre. We heard about what happens when restorative justice practices meet songwriting, and about how restorative encounters can shed new light on professional practice in criminal justice social work. We called this episode The Beams because it gives an insight into the act of reaching out across uncertain, conflicted, in-between spaces.
5: What if we took those songs to a bunch of people who work in and have great experience in fields like restorative justice, but also mediation? What if, we, what if we took them those songs and we said to them, if these songs were people and you were facilitating a meeting between them to get them to talk, how would you do that?
2: But there's a play.
5: for me what I've taken away from Unbound and the core group and Distant Voices is give myself a wee shake basically and get back to first principles the things you maybe did when you first started out your career before you felt so I would say out, but you, you feel a bit you become a bit of a machine to be honest with you you can go into automatic pilot a bit too easily and um, like I said my experience at Unbound is maybe just yeah woke up is a good way to put it I woke up a little bit we move.
0: So here we are at our sixth and final episode and so far in this series we might have given the impression of Distant Voices as a shiny, impressive, successful project and there is so much to celebrate and be proud of. But there were also plenty of challenges along the way and if we don't engage with those moments where things didn't work so well or felt messy or conflicted, we're not only being dishonest, we're also missing out on some of the most important learning from the project. So what have we learned and how might that help others who are involved in collaborative and participatory work like this? Well, what has become clear over the life of the project is that we live in a society full of multiple overlapping structures and systems that put pressure on people in so many different ways. We've talked a lot here about the criminal justice system and the harm that it causes, but there are other less visible systems that have had an effect on the project. One of these systems is academia. In recent weeks, thousands of academics across the UK have been on strike, in protest not only about massive cuts in pensions, but also the many forms of deepening inequality in the sector. Pay gaps relating to gender, ethnic background or disability, short-term precarious contracts and unsafe workloads. What does this have to do with distant voices? Well, the academic system is increasingly constructed as a numbers game based on scores and rankings where you get the most points for something you're seen to have led or better still achieved all on your own this system based on individual merit and demerit which can determine whether you have a job or not in the future it doesn't easily accommodate more collective or participatory approaches that try to respect equally the different things that differently placed people bring to the work
2: We speak in footsteps and voltage Silence and static
0: We
3: speak in electrical
0: The music industry is also a system where you have to play a certain kind of PR game in order to actually get songs to the ears of the public. We've found that the media are interested in individual stories, and the more sensational the better. Sometimes they want to focus on established artists, which risks erasing co-writers who are not professional musicians. And sometimes they want to hear the stories of people only as quote-unquote offenders or prisoners, which can be a negative and even dangerous experience that reinforces one-dimensional identities and prevents people from being able to move on. And how do you deal with the differences in power and resources between an academic researcher, an established musician, and a prison-based co-writer and participant? Who owns what they make together, whether it's a song or a research paper? How can all their voices be present in the sharing of what they make together? Especially when one of them is locked away. And if you're trying to release songs or writings in order to spark conversations about issues like state punishment, that's a really tricky space to be in. How do you critique and challenge the criminal justice system while continuing to negotiate access to the people inside it? In Distant Voices, many of these conversations crystallized around unequal power dynamics, caused both by the way society is set up and structured, and by individualized and individualizing worldviews. Let's take the example of the Distant Voices core group, a diverse group of people with different connections to the criminal justice system. Did we all have an equal voice in the project? In all honesty, no, we probably didn't. The voices of those of us in professional roles dominated, especially those of us who set everything up and who knew the rules of the research systems that had funded the work and that demanded a particular kind of product for their money. We could and should have taken things slower, listened more, talked less, been less focused on goals, on outputs and the project's impact. But at the same time, we couldn't just ignore the pressure to deliver. We were spending public money after all, And that pressure was most keenly felt by those who had secured the funding, who ultimately carried the can for the project. Timescales too were messy, especially once the dreaded word COVID entered our vocabulary. But even before that, the slow decision-making and heavy bureaucracy of big academia often clashed with the needs and timescales of a small voluntary sector organisation on the ground, surviving on and employing staff using short-term funds. So needing clarity on budgets and plans and staffing hours. Hopefully you're getting the picture. When you take a step back, these problems are largely structural. But in a society where so much is centred on the individual, it's not always easy to recognise this. Especially when you're in the middle of it. And part of the work that we need to do is to continue to make all sorts of different structures more visible and audible. And to keep pushing for a different more equal, more inclusive way of doing things. The tendency to fail to see the power of structures that constrain us, and to see things in terms of the individual over the community, also affects how our society imagines reintegration after prison. Just as crime is framed as an individual choice, so too is reintegration. Prison based rehabilitation programs mostly center on individual attitudes and supposed choices, ignoring factors like class or gender or ethnicity and wider landscapes of poverty, austerity, trauma, stigma and lack of opportunity. The implied message is that it's just a matter of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. This narrative is so dominant and so dishonest and unjust, and it doesn't hold space for our wider collective story and the challenges we need to face together. This also creates an incredibly difficult in-between space for people with experience of prison in terms of moving on and identity. In Distant Voices and in Vox Unbound, we've seen people struggle with the conflict between wanting to be part of a supportive community, wanting to be involved in bringing change, but feeling that the focus on the criminal justice system is unhelpful for them, narrowing the horizons and pulling back towards a point in the past that they want to move on from. There are lots of cans of worms here that we opened and mixed up, And if we had to sum up our learning from some of these challenges, we'd say, firstly, be wary of narratives and conflicts that focus solely on the individual and don't see the wider structural pressures that people are under. And secondly, recognise and challenge the social systems that prevent people from having equal voices and equal chances to be heard. As we get into the habit of naming and questioning power differentials and imagining how things could be otherwise... We create collective stories that we can all be part of. You might be wondering about the songs you've been hearing throughout this section. Well, I'm glad you asked. Last year, as we continued to wrestle with life under lockdown conditions, the Vox Unbound community, already moving on and growing beyond their involvement in distant voices, embarked on a collaborative songwriting experiment. Bringing together musicians, former prisoners, current prisoners, and people who work in criminal justice, we formed small songwriting groups. And tried to figure out ways of making together despite all the barriers between us. Before long, the communication lines were buzzing over Zoom, WhatsApp, Basecamp, email a prisoner, prison video calls, and even the occasional meeting over a garden gate. And while we were crafting these songs together, we tried to grapple with questions of power and leadership and ownership. What emerged was a series of songs and blog posts documenting this process and a lot of learning that responds to some of the challenges touched on here. The project was called Sounds of Solidarity and if you put that in the search box on the Vox Luminous website you'll find five songs and six blog posts from the project.
2: Today is a day of sunshine And taking in the rains Tomorrow's a day
0: So, it's time to look to the future. In a moment or two, we're going to hear a load of voices, and you'll get a rest from mine. But before I disappear, I just want to say a huge thank you to all the voices we've heard throughout this series. I actually tried to count up the people who've come on for a chat, the co-writers of the songs, and all of our guest listeners. And I gave up counting when I got to 60 people. It's been a massive team effort. And to everyone who has listened and responded and told others about it, thank you. To round things off, we've asked lots of people from Distant Voices and Vox Unbound to finish two sentences. The first is, To build bridges, we're going to need... Dot dot dot. And the second is, On the other side, we're going to find... The voices and reflections that you're about to hear belong to William, Lynn, Lisa, Andy... Fergus, John, Gordon, Stephen, Pat, Colleen, Phil, Mark and Alison. You'll also hear contributions from people who came along to the Distant Voices Festival and made a collaborative poem together, Voiced by Louis. And if you hear a bit of background noise, that's because some of these recordings were made at Vox Unbound with laughter and the clatter of dishes in the background. Once you've heard this patchwork of voices, we'll wrap up the series with one final song. It's called Waiting for the Daylight, and it was sparked by a beautiful photo of birds on a wire that caught everyone's imagination, taken by Martin from the Unbound community. It's a song that holds open that uncertain in-between space, where bridging happens. Thanks for listening.
8: To build bridges, we're going to need to calm the waters, remove the fences, take the bricks from the walls and lay the foundations. Listen to what 's hidden and embrace the new, the strange and the possible. learn from what 's gone before and the knowledge that we only have scratched the surface of our understanding. Reimagine our attitudes to others in the recognition that our environment and life experiences shaped who we are now but not who we could be. We are not always going to be right and we 're not always going to be wrong, but we will always be human.
9: My bridge would be made of understanding so. Where that understanding would lead to is connection. Because in my eyes, every addict's dealing with that situation. Like we're disconnected. So we start off disconnected from ourselves and become disconnected with the wider society that exists. And the reason this disconnection exists is because the actual perception of what we're doing is misunderstood. So, everyone actually sees it as an individual problem by someone that is maybe lazy or needs to grow up, or you know like a myriad of different reasons, but none of those reasons are he actually just needs help, and he 's struggling and like this viewpoint seems to be quite missed by like the wider community, um, partly because we still see it as a criminal offense. <laughs> So taking that into consideration, like, these disconnections happen really early because if you're regarded as a criminal, your mum will feel ashamed that you're an addict. So she'll stop telling people about what's going on for you, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, This, like, further disconnects you from your own family, let alone the wider community, and the wider community is viewing you the same way as well. So what this does is it isolates addicts. And, like, if you're isolated inside a society surrounded only by like-minded people, which is negative at this point, it's self-feeding. And uh, until we change the understanding of what's really going on, because, like, 80% of addicts are dealing with childhood trauma. Mm. So, like, fundamentally, we're not well. We don't know how to deal with our emotional state. We're ignored by the greater society and we're ignored by like any help really you go to a doctor and as soon as he finds out you're on drugs you're ignored because they expect you to deal with the drug problem first before they'll deal with anything else and it's like catch 22 because you need the help before you can deal with the drug problem and then you just lose faith in the whole thing so you become like a lot more isolated and you're just going deeper and deeper into isolation so like the, this is why the bridge needs to be made of understanding mm. You know what I mean the more people that understand the makeup of an addict and what's going on for them, then you start seeing them as someone that just needs help mm-hmm. rather than someone that's just making shitty choices because they're a shitty person. So connection connection is what's needed.
4: To build bridges, we're going to need foundations. We're going to need interest and authenticity. We're going to need supports all the way along. We're going to need new ways of connecting. We're going to need a place to come from and a place to go. We're going to have to unlearn habits of a lifetime. To build bridges,
5: we're going to need to be curious to learn what's on the other side. On the other side of the bridge, we're going to find a different point of view. To build bridges,
3: we're going to need to get rid of some of our siloed ways of thinking, throw off some of our egos and saviour complexes, let go of some of our anxieties, try to make some common language and start naming power and difference and expertise and work together. In the words of an Aboriginal activist group from Queensland in the 1970s, if you have come here to help me you're wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together.
4: To build bridges we're going to need hope, courage, honesty, love. The stuff that bridges are made of, wood, stone, metal, hope, vision, a desire to reach the other side.
5: To build bridges, we're going to need clouds. On the side, we're going to find your heart.
7: To build bridges, we're going to need to facilitate communication and establish relationships, bring people into contact with one another, overcome the barriers that hold us back, reinforcing. So we can't can it
3: to build bridges we're gonna need a bigger boat so firstly yes this is a silly reference to the movie jaws but more seriously if we stick with your nautical theme and think about the boat as a metaphor for society i think there's a bit more to say um about the kind of society we want which hopefully is one that's big enough to fit and support everyone who wants to be part of it, whether they're currently treading water or waiting on the dock with a ticket and dry shoes. A society that's big enough to overcome harm and find ways to foster trust and mutual aid between everyone on board. A society that doesn't imagine itself as surrounded and attacked by monsters who must be excluded at all costs.
4: We'll need to have patience, recognising that no one should have to live under the bridge. Knowing that a bridge must be built from all sides. To meet in the middle. To let go. Each other. Trial and error.
2: I would find candy on a bridge. And it would lead to a winter candy land. With all lots of kids and babies playing and eating some candy. That makes them small and then big. In a dream lovely land called
8: Sweet Candy Crazy Land. (laughs)
1: To build bridges we're going to need a boat Because we have to get across um, To move people and stuff We're going to need a lot of labour And on the other side And actually what is the other side Because if we've got a boat And we're going backwards and forwards Sometimes it's this side Sometimes it's the other side And sometimes this side is the other side Anyway But when we get there We're going to find rest Refuge
7: on the other side, we're going to find a way to live a life, free from trouble and strife, to understand our feelings and our emotions, and find new friends. A rainbow that arcs into the sky, where the sun is on my side, and keeps me warm and dry.
4: And the bridges are going to have to be oxymoronic, built to be both strong and flexible, rigid and adaptive, magnificent and human-sized, built of past and future.
8: On the other side, we're going to find love, pain, hope and frustration, hardship, joy and emancipation.
4: To build bridges, we're going to need people who want bridges, people who know about bridges, people who want to look at bridges creatively, practically and philosophically.
8: It will not be easy, as these things never are, but we will look over our shoulder and acknowledge that every step forward was worth it.
3: To build bridges, we're going to need to put tension on the tight ropes. I think of bridges as things that have complete stability at either end where everything feels safe and good, but the bit in between is a risky bit, the bit where you're suspended and praying that you reach the other side safely. I think of that bit in between as, I guess, a series of tight ropes. Some of the ropes are really narrow, You feel completely unstable and unsure if you've got the right balance or support to make it across. And then you just reach a slightly wider rope that gives you just enough safety to feel okay and to face the narrower tight ropes that might still be ahead. But it's not until you're on that other side, on the other side where the concrete is, that you feel safe. And when you're there that's when you feel your heart <laughs> stop racing uh, quite as much as it maybe has been. And you can sit and relax and just look back at the tight ropes you've crossed and just be proud that you made it. The tension I felt holding me up mm-hmm.
5: The ball bridges were going to need blood, sweat and tears. On the other side, we're going to find plasters, good sense of humour, good banter, and a bowl of soup.
3: (laughs) (laughs) On the other side, we're going to find that, in the words of Hannah Arendt, we are only free when we are connected to others.
4: To be a bridge, we're going to need nuts, bolts, screws and effort. Nuts, bolts screws, efforts, and patience. To be able to see the other side. To want to go on a journey. The bridge isn't the destination. To build bridges, we're going to need someone on the other side. And what if besides the bridge, there's another bridge that takes you to the bridge when you fall from the bridge? And what if we end with a net of bridges so rich that living in between connected, becomes the norm.
6: Bridging as a way of life. To build bridges we need to well I don't know. I don't know and if I don't know and and you don't know then we, we have to discover together. We can learn together and by doing that maybe we find we don't need a bridge because there's nothing to cross, there's no division, there's no separation, there's no difference. We're the same. And on the other side, uh, we find there is no other side. Wherever you go, wherever you go, there you are. You're on this side. You know, so same again there's, there's no division there's no separation there's nothing to cross yeah that's about it. that's about all i can answer cuz i don't know Not knowing is a good place to be it creates space
2: knows the most Hanging in the grave You left behind a shadow A shape Mm. Waiting for the daylight The daylight Waiting for the daylight The daylight Waiting for the daylight Space between us, reaching out. Mm-hmm. I felt the lowest, nose the most, hanging in the grey. You left behind a shadow, a shape, mm-hmm. waiting for the day. The daylight, the daylight, waiting for the daylight, the daylight, waiting for the day.